something in me. I think it's that passion. I, I know I can do it. Mm -hmm. The only time I decide to give up, if I'm telling myself, okay. You're done with it. Maybe this mm -hmm. is not for me. I'm mm -hmm. not going to let someone else tell me what I can't do. You know what I mean? Like, I, can't, I think of... that's what it is. I don't allow yeah. someone else to tell me, you can't. Because mm -hmm. I've heard that all my life as a kid, right. you know, be, especially being deaf when you're saying, mm -hmm. we can't do these things. And I'm like, really? And I'm going to keep trying. And I kept trying. I think that's what it yeah. is. It's just being told that I couldn't do it for mm -hmm. a long time as a kid. Mm -hmm. And by the time I got to college and I just tried. And then my motto for after trying out for cheerleader, you never know unless you try. And then when I did that, I was like, great. But then I kept failing and I was like, I know how much I, I know I can do this. I have mm -hmm. what it takes. Mm -hmm. You know, and then I, and I went back and I trained and I was in a dance school, you know, mm -hmm. studying. So I was getting better and better with my technique. And I go back better with better confidence, you know. Yeah, I think I just don't allow other people to tell me what I can't do because the only way I was, I say, okay, Brandy. I sit down and I reflect on my life and I go, okay, Brandy, now let's really think about this. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is not meant, maybe this is not for you. I accept it. Okay, I'm good. But somebody else telling me no, like, hmm, I'm going to show you. <laughs> That's how it is. Silverstein and this is Sustaining Craft, the podcast all about the stories of those making some or all of their living with their art or craft. I'm here with Brandy Mims. Hi, Brandy. Hi. 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 <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Brandy, what do you do? I am a deaf, a professional deaf dancer. And what, so you do a couple of different things too. So you have a dance troupe and then you teach at the deaf school yes. as well. What is everything that you do at the moment? Because it's a lot, I know. <laughs> I know, I have to think. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes, I teach dance at the Architecture School for the Deaf. I own my own dance company, Listen with Jazz Dance Troupe. I am a professional dancer. I go by Unique the Deaf Dancer. I also teach dance at Southwest Community College. Oh, okay. I mean, Community Center. Okay. Yeah. Southwest Community Center. Mm -hmm. Okay. Perfect. So you're you're doing a whole lot. Yes. At the moment, it's it's a lot. And were you raised in Arkansas? No, I'm originally from New Orleans, Louisiana. Okay. How did you first? Let's start with um, how did you get into dancing? First off. Uh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I think it's been a part of me for a long time. Um, uh, as a kid, I've always, okay, so before I say this, I'm deaf, so as a kid, I always enjoy listening to music, and then people are like, well, aren't you deaf? But I've always enjoyed listening to music um, as a kid, and I always allow myself to just be free with the music, so, but I never really learned dancing until I got older, older. Okay. <laughs> um, I started up at the cheerleader in college. Oh, okay. Yeah, in New Orleans. So that was the first experience that I had, like, dancing-wise. Mm -hmm. And as I got more and more into it, I saw a dance team, and I started watching them, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. But that's all in New Orleans, and I left it alone, and um, after Hurricane Katrina, you know, that's how I ended up here in Arkansas. Uh-huh. Hurricane Katrina. Um, 
you know, after losing my home and I had a 10-week-old baby at the time, mm-hmm. um, I had to figure out what I was going to do with my life because I really didn't finish college in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So I decided to go to Remington College to um, get my license in pharmacy technician. Okay. I did that for a few years, and I wasn't happy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you do them jobs that's like, yeah, but it's just like something you're not wanting to wake up to in the morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, because what it is is music and dance is a very soulful, passionate thing. Yes. And it's hard to get excited about a job that doesn't have those elements. Exactly. Especially if it's not something you, right. yeah, like you say, yeah. it's not a passion. Right. Exactly. So, um, but doing that, there was uh, a semi-pro basketball team, and they mm-hmm. were looking for cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. So I said, oh, that's something, because I needed something to keep moving. So I mm-hmm. tried out, but the lady who was the coach for the dance team, she quit, and she gave me the position. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm like a coach for a dance team, cheerleading. For a professional cheerleading yeah. team. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I really didn't have that technique. Mm-hmm. Like learn in dance school, mm-hmm. so I did that for a few, a few years, and I did Remerson, and I did the pharmacy, and I was like, oh. but I said, I really want to go back to college. Mm-hmm. I want to get me a degree, but what can I do? I don't want to just go just to, and I could not find something that I wanted to do. That's when I saw that um, University of Arkansas uh, Little Rock had a dance program, and I was mm-hmm. like, hmm, I wonder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like to dance, but. I didn't know what I was getting into, so I, was, mm-hmm. I just went and I applied and told them that I wanted to study dance, and my first lesson of ballet one was life-changing because I realized it was really harder than I thought it was. It is. <laughs> so, something actually I, I don't talk about, it. I have a dance background. Awesome! Yeah, so I um, I did ballet when I was like three years old, and um, I did jazz, I did tap, and um, kind of fell out it out of it when I was approaching my teen years, like around ten or eleven. I yeah. wasn't taking classes anymore, but um, it is so technical, and it is. the music aids you. But the music isn't always the most important part. Like it's you can hit your lines and your movements without the music. Right, the movements. Or they go very well with the music, but you can do it without music. Exactly. So it's not. It's <laughs> not. So it's much program. More to it. like yeah. A, yeah. It's like. Um, I think that's what they say mainly in um, at uni- at Euler. They uh, mm-hmm. say not Euler. It's not Euler anymore. Mm-hmm. UA Little Rock. They mm-hmm. uh, they try to tell the student. You know, it's great to have the technique. Some of them come in there full-on technique training, mm-hmm. but then they might miss the musicality part about it. They mm-hmm. miss that, that music side. They don't mm-hmm. have that that passion that they need to match with that. Because it's mm-hmm. great to have the technique, but if you don't have that passion and you don't have that drive for it, then yes, it's kind of like a waste. Yeah, and the other part is the stage presence. Yeah. So you can have the technique, you and can you, have the passion, right, and you, but you're terrible on stage. <laughs> you just can't command the stage. Because sometimes they come in with like the big hair, like I'm... You know, mm-hmm. but, and they kind of wonder, well, I don't have it. And you wonder mm-hmm. why, it's like, but for me and for my teacher to see that, I came in with no experience at all. Mm-hmm. And typically for dancers, they do start very young. So, like, my story of starting at three years right. old is very typical for the dance world, whether it's ballet or jazz or tap or whatever, start them young. So you, you're coming in with not only the challenges of being deaf, but not having the technique from being from a very young age. At the age of 33. Oh my goodness. Very late. So you had to be, and it's not impossible either. It's not. It's but just, there are some challenges for it. So you have to be very driven to, 
Yes. So what are so so you decided so so wh- I want to go back just mm-hmm. to, for, to cheerleading for a second. How did you? What struck you about cheerleading? Why did you want to get into cheerleading? Oh, um, I don't know. It was probably the performing part. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to. I don't know. I think I enjoy performing. Mm-hmm. I really did enjoy learning the cheers and learning and showing spirit and. I'm a very happy person, so it was happy, happy person. And I mean, when I went to my first college audition for cheerleader, and I was like, "Hi, I want to be a cheerleader," and I don't know anything about cheerleading because you didn't do it in high school either. Oh, <laughs> so I went to college in New Orleans. Hi, I want to be a cheerleader. I know nothing about cheerleading. Mm-hmm. And the lady was like, "Well, you have to make your own choreography mm-hmm. <laughs> and your own cheers." Mm-hmm. But you watch those little movies that you see. And then you come in ready. And so I went tonight and I went overnight and I up all night trying to make some coffee. I don't know what I was doing. I came and tell you what I did. <laughs> and I got to the audition. And I did it and I tried to do it. And I forgot most of my stuff that I did the night before. And I told her, I'll say, thank you. Just call me. I'm going to just go. <laughs> just call me if I didn't make it. But she told me, no, you have to stay. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I stayed and I was like, oh, oh. and they okay, come on. Everybody came out and I'm like way in the back with all the other people that thought they didn't do good. We were all the way in the back. Like, yeah, we just a step. We, we didn't make good. Mm-hmm. She got to the third name and called my name. I was mm-hmm. like, wait, what? But it must, and then I jumped up and I said, what? And then ever since, I, I, I was focused, I worked hard, mm-hmm. I was determined, and, I, and within the four years I did it, I became captain for the last two years because I worked so hard. But maybe she saw something in me. It's the same as the, the, um, the uh-huh. professors at you. They saw yeah. something in me and saw the drive and the driven. I'm mm-hmm. very driven to. And probably also how you dealt with failure in in front of people too. Yeah. Because when you fail in front of people and how you come back from that says a lot about your character. Yeah. Instead of giving up in the moment or just what you do with that. That is really hard. That is that is very hard because. Mm-hmm. Like I said, before the down, before Euler, I was trying to do all these auditions. I even tried the uh, Architect Twisters. You ever heard of them? Mm-hmm. We had the Architect Twisters football here. We had oh, the, the Architect Rock with the basketball team, too. Uh-huh. There was another basketball team. I and I was trying to audition for these things, uh-huh. right? But I didn't make them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I can do this. I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep trying. Which is huge <laughs> because so many people give up the first time they fail. Something tells me, <laughs> don't give up, you so know, even with, even with uh, UA Little Rock dance mm-hmm. team. Okay. I went to school, I said, oh, they got a dance team. Mm-hmm. I'm a dancer, I went to audition the first one, yeah. didn't make it. Uh, went back the next year, didn't make it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> went third time, I made it. So where does that come from? Because that is, that's not a typical attitude to have. Right. Quite fr- most people are like, oh, I, that was embarrassing. I felt terribly. I, you know, I, you know, I need to try something else. So where does that come from? Why do you, why do you keep trying? Something in me, I think is that passion. I, I know I can do it. Mm-hmm. The only time I decide to give up, if I'm telling myself, okay. You're done with it. Maybe mm-hmm. this is not for me. I'm mm-hmm. not going to let someone else tell me what I can't uh, do. You know what I mean? Like, I, can't, I think of, that's what it is. I don't allow yeah. someone else to tell me, you can't. Because mm-hmm. I've heard that all my life as a kid, right. you know, be, especially being deaf when you're saying, mm-hmm. we can't do these things. And I'm like, 
really? And I'm going to keep trying. And I kept trying. I think that's what it is. It's just being told that I couldn't do it for mm -hmm. a long time as a kid. Mm -hmm. And by the time I got to college, and I just tried. And then my motto for after trying out for Tilly, you never know unless you try. And then when I did that, I was like, great. But then I kept failing, and I was like, I know how much I, I know I can do this. I have mm -hmm. what it takes. Mm -hmm. You know, and then I, and I went back and I trained and I was in a dance school, you know, mm -hmm. studying. So I was getting better and better with my technique. And I go back better with better confidence, you know? Yeah, I think I just don't allow other people to tell me what I can't do because the only way I was, I say, okay, Brandy. I sit down and I reflect on my life and I go, okay, Brandy, now let's really think about this. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is not meant, maybe this is not for you. I accept it. Okay, I'm good. But somebody else telling me no, like, hmm, I'm going to show you. <laughs> That's how it is. <laughs> That's where the attitude comes from. Mm, I'm going to show you. Because <laughs> that's also a form of courage. You know, that, that's a, it's huge courage. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it might not what we think of right away, but even if it's kind of a defiant courage, it's still courage. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's. You ever grown? You ever grew up and you like look back at your family and you look at people and you look how mm, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that. Oh, I want to be that. I don't mm -hmm. want to do that. You know. Mm -hmm. And to say that I'm 40 years old and I look like I'm 25 years old and people think like, well, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know, but <laughs> I grew up saying what I didn't want to do and what I wanted, mm -hmm. and I based my life on that and you know, kind of just focus on being positive and fighting for what I want. Now I have two kids and now I'm trying to show them that, you know, yeah, it's going to be hard, but don't give up, you know. Mm -hmm. What do you want to do? And what you want to do is up to you. Mom's yeah. here, yeah. But mm -hmm. but being deaf is, is a bigger challenge. Uh, that was a real big challenge in school because it's hard to get accepted. Mm -hmm. And that's like my biggest uh, thing is being accepted. So mm -hmm. I'm, And I think that's also far back on being adopted. And, you know, as, I, as you get older, you start really thinking about yourself and you start thinking about life. If you really want to sit down and reflect on your life, like, where did that come from? Why am I always looking for exception? And then I go, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I was, a, I was adopted and mm -hmm. my mom didn't want me, you know? And that makes you feel like you're out there looking for, and then my adopted parents died. So it's like, oh, no. Exception. But like, yeah. I'm looking for, yeah. yeah. So I've been, uh, yeah, they died when. My mom, my adopted mom died when I was, she was in 92, and my dad mm -hmm. died in 1993. Two years apart, same month, August. How old were you? Uh, 12 and 13, or 14. Oh, my Lord. So growing up mostly without a parent yeah. <laughs> is like the hardest, because mm -hmm. you don't have no parents to run to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I had an auntie, but um, she was a bit of abusive, but I mm. did what I needed to do to, you know, I wasn't a troubled kid. That was the one thing. But I just think some kids you get with some folks, and they love their kids better than you know, mm -hmm. you know. So, but yeah. ten years, twenty years now, we are in a better place now because I think she kind of reflect on her life, mm -hmm. and she realized something she had done to me, and she apologized at mm -hmm. least like now she's starting to slowly apologizing because mm -hmm. you know I. But I was wrong for that. I shouldn't have done it that way. I'm like, you're okay. You know, maybe I was a bad kid. I don't know. But, yeah. But also, too, you were sorting through so much, right? Yeah. You being adopted and then losing your parents at such a young age. You had these two profound losses. Yes. And then you're fighting against 
um, people that don't want you around because you're different, right? It's it's hard enough being a child and a teenager when you're just like everybody else. Right. It's so much harder when you have a perceived difference too. So much harder. Um, so I I can't I can't imagine what yeah, that was like for you. That is the hardest. But as you're on the, like I said, um, you tell people you're deaf. Mm -hmm. But first, you tell them you're hard of hearing because I'm hard of hearing. Mm -hmm. But that term doesn't work. My mm -hmm. and it's and um. I grew up mostly in the hearing world, mm -hmm. so we have the deaf world and we have the hearing world. Mm -hmm. I grew up in the hearing world because my family wanted me to be hearing so badly. Speech mm -hmm. therapy, great, I appreciate them, thank mm -hmm. you. But they never really exposed me to the deaf world as a kid. Mm -hmm. um, a little bit in junior high, but it really wasn't fully deep into, mm -hmm. I didn't understand where, what this deafness was. I didn't even mm -hmm. understand, I just thought, hey, we are. We're right hearing aid, you know. Yeah. Yeah, oh, some of us are right hearing aid. Cool, but yeah. And so, talk me through that a little bit too, because you have to do all the hard work in this conversation. I don't. You, I understand. I have no problem with it. It's all on you, and I want to respect that. that yeah. Because I, I, when I approached you about the podcast and you know doing this video too, I was like, what accommodations do you need? Because I, I don't need special accommodations, and I don't, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> but I want to re be respectful of that. Yeah. Be respectful of what you need in order for this to happen, because this is a medium that can really fight against the hard of hearing and, yes, and the deaf. Yes, and deaf. Yes. So I, I don't have a frame of reference, but I want to understand. And one of the big things I, I, I know about the deaf community is that sign language is your language, and mm -hmm. when you deprive people of their language, there's so many issues that can come out of that. It's taking away an essential part of who you are. So how did you how did how did you work through that, and how did you find you know your language, and how did you how did you how did you find your place in the world? Because it seems like everything in your stories is telling you you don't fit in, you don't belong, you don't have a place, and you had a fight to make your place, and mm -hmm. you were you fought for so long to mm -hmm. find your place. Mm -hmm. So walk me through that journey. How did okay, you? Okay, so first of all, I'm on the fence. Mm -hmm. I live between two worlds. Mm -hmm. Either I'm on the fence. I have a dance piece that I call on the fence. I'm here in world effort. I'm on the fence because. Mm -hmm. I'm not accepted in both worlds sometimes. I'm not accepted because there's, I'm dipping here and I'm dipping there. So it's like, um, growing up, my family, my parents, my adopted parents, they didn't want me to learn how to sign. I guess back there, like maybe in the 1970s and stuff, when mm. it it really wasn't, it was, oh my God, my child is deaf. Oh, mm -hmm. she's sick. <laughs> <laughs> Fix her. That's what I mean. Fix her. <laughs> Yeah. And when you, oh, and you yeah. have to realize, if you realize, if you look up a lot of stuff, when you yeah. see stuff that people say, when you say death, mm -hmm. they think death, or they think mm -hmm. it's a sickness, or you mm -hmm. know, I'm so sorry for you, I'm like, but I really thought it was a problem, because mm -hmm. they made me feel like I should be worried about being this way. Right. Um, sign language, there's a couple of ways. Mm -hmm. Now, the one I learned was English, sign, um, English, mm -hmm. where we actually sign every word in the sentence. That's English. Mm -hmm. ASL is, they have their own grammar, their own mm -hmm. structure, their own, and we speak it differently, just like Spanish. Mm -hmm. I'm still studying uh, American Sign Language because it's a language. Um, it's a very hard challenge. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. like, I've been raised to speak English, and um. then you want to turn around and have to speak ASL is because mm -hmm. instead of saying the boy is across the street, 
you would switch that sentence around, whereas it's backwards, right? A street, boy, across. It's like mm. different. Mm -hmm. You're not speaking. Does that prove, does that, there's some challenges with that because you're teaching at the deaf school now? Uh, Is that? Some kids, I can speak some sign language, but fingerspell mm -hmm. is one. Mm -hmm. um, but some kids are like me. Some of them are uh, hearing, hard of hearing. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's not hard because I know my ears there. Mm -hmm. I just can't do both because okay. they want you to talk mm -hmm. <laughs> and sign at the same time. But my brain think English and my hand wants to do ASL. Uh, so if I do one, I can't do the other. Mm -hmm. But Because you've trained your brain a certain way and now you have to train it to think a different so way. So in order to be ASL, I can't mm -hmm. use my voice because okay. it's easier to just mm -hmm. sign without that. But, um, yeah. but the, the deaf world part is I spent so long, and then when I moved here to Arkansas, I didn't have any deaf friends, and mm -hmm. I've been here for 14 years. So let's see, I really, really started stepping more into the deaf culture three years ago. Okay. Recently. And, and <laughs> what has that experience been like? Okay, so it all started with um, a deaf dancer. Mm -hmm. He's a deaf dancer, he's a, a choreographer, he's a founder of his own dance company in San Francisco, mm -hmm. Antoine Hunter. Okay. Now, he's been on social media a lot. Um, three years ago, I saw him a lot, and everybody was tagging me, oh, Brandy, look. Mm -hmm. And when I was like, oh, wow, that's another deaf dancer. So it's not impossible to be a deaf dancer. You know, like, wow, there is someone else doing it. Mm -hmm. And so I reached out, and I was like, on Instagram, I was like, hi, I'm, and it's amazing to see another deaf individual out there doing what I, you know, and then he responded back and said, hey, how you doing? Would you like to come and be a part of our International Deaf Dance Festival here in San Francisco in August? And I was 2016 when he asked me. And I was like, yes. And then I went in 2017, and then my world changed. Because I met other deaf dancers from mm -hmm. all over the world, like, was that after you went to school for dance? I was doing it. You were doing, doing school. school. Okay. My school supported me. Um, mm -hmm. I told them that I'm going to uh, I'm going to San Francisco. They helped pay for my flight because mm -hmm. they really wanted to uh, encourage me and maybe thought that would help me because before then I was like very negative in class and felt down because I felt like I was struggling mm -hmm. and I'm watching all the other kids who danced longer than me mm -hmm. were doing better than I was, and if I made a mistake, I was, I was beating myself down. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't have that confidence. Mm -hmm. But after San Francisco, the first year, I went back to school. My teacher was like, Brandy, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> it's like I did a 360 turn. Like, mm -hmm. I walked in there like a different person. It's because it really speaks to, it really speaks to two, finding other people like you, right? And finding right. a community of, you're not the only one. When you feel like the only one, I know it, it's hard. It's it's such a struggle, but when you can have that community support, To have you, other people that know and going through the same thing mm -hmm. you're going through is the, so wonderful feeling, but also they yeah. show me about the deaf community. Because the deaf community in San Francisco is so big and mm -hmm. so active. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Antoine and Zana, they both were like teaching me how to they're the way they were about their deaf culture, they were our way, the hearing way, mm -hmm. and their way is so different. It's like, 
but I'm so hairy. And then they try to get me to mm-hmm. <laughs> that one. And I'm like, okay, this is new behaviors I need to learn. Mm-hmm. But I love it. Mm-hmm. Like, why haven't I was taught this when I was a kid? Mm-hmm. But um, so I've been there for three years now. I've been going every, th- I've been going every year back to San Francisco because yeah. that's home. To, that's my second home now. Uh. Because that's my family. That's my deaf family, deaf yeah. dance family. Because yeah. every year I meet different deaf dancers from all over the world, from Colombia, awesome. Costa Rica, mm-hmm. China, yeah. Hong Kong, Germany, you name them, yeah. I, India, <laughs> everywhere, but I never, I wouldn't without I them, I don't think I would have found my identity, yeah. Yeah, because they helped me find my identity. Now I accept, now I know it's okay to be deaf, now mm-hmm. I know it's okay to be a deaf dancer. Mm-hmm. It's okay to say, hi, yeah, I'm deaf. At first mm-hmm. it was like, yeah, hi, my human aid. Mm-hmm. I want everybody to know. Mm-hmm. Now the only thing yeah. I'm still, I need to, uh, I just now I just want deaf awareness. Help mm-hmm. people understand that yeah. we are cool people. We yeah. can, we can talk and communicate, yes, differently. But if you really want to know how to communicate with a deaf person, you just ask them. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're like, hey, um, yeah, do you need any confidence? Wonderful. But mm-hmm. I, I really looked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now if it was in a loud place, we would have had a problem. Mm-hmm. But there's always ways. There's always ways, like writing notes, mm-hmm. uh, writing a notepad, or mm-hmm. um, taking some classes. Right. That's um, something. I or learning at the best. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I paid attention too, just on your Facebook too, where you said you needed someone to help you, and I, I just didn't have the you know time to reach out. The phone calls, right? So I was like, all right, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna call Brandy. I'm gonna make sure I text her, or message on Facebook, you know. So that's <laughs> something. I'm like, <laughs> it's those little things that I don't have to think about because. It's just not. It's a lot of people don't know yeah. that, and it's 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 kind of hard. Like right mm-hmm. now, I saw a post recently mm-hmm. about the airplane, and mm-hmm. I realized that when we go on an airplane, we want to watch the movie. Mm-hmm. We can't watch the movie because oh. there's no closed caption. Oh, and yeah. Like, airplanes are so far behind. What's the point? Yeah, <laughs> airplanes are for whatever. They're so far behind. Even like wheelchair users have to. There's there's no accommodation for them to stay in their their wheelchairs. Yeah, they gotta the get up. Uh, yeah, you want to hear some funny joke? It's not gonna be funny, is it? <laughs> it was really like, really. Okay, mm-hmm. so I went to San Francisco last summer, right? Mm-hmm. I think I was transferring from the Little Rock plane to the Dallas, I think it was. But mm-hmm. someone had the little name board mm-hmm. and a wheelchair for me. I'm fine. <laughs> See? I was like, I, I'm deaf. I can, I can walk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, in my mind, I was walking. And I said, I should have just took the chair just to get the ride. But it was like, how? Oh. Yeah. Uh, it's weird because yeah. that happens a lot too for us. Yeah. Like, because it's a, it's an all lump sum, right? Like, oh, if you have a disability of it's any sort, it's a disability. Sort, it's just, just a think, lump y'all Yeah, it. and it just think. Yeah, it's unfair. But right now, my biggest challenge right now is just it's the deaf kids at the mm-hmm. school because. They're not exposed to, like me, they're, they're exposed to little things, mm-hmm. but not exposed to a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy that the superintendent wanted me to come and show them that, yes, I want dance. Let's teach them mm-hmm. dance. But it's, a, it's different for me because I'm so used to working in the hearing world. Now mm-hmm. I'm like working in my own deaf culture world. I'm like, ah! Mm-hmm. And I have to remember, some of these kids can't hear. Yeah. So we recently did a Christmas program, and I did uh, some dances, and the parents came to see it. And I was proud of myself because... I was able to show the parents that 
your kids can dance too. Mm -hmm. It might not be technical, mm -hmm. the technique, but there's other dancing that, mm -hmm. that can help. And like you said, yes, you can be technical, but that's not all the dancing. It's not the only thing. And I did just call deafness a disability, but you called it a culture. Is it, is it it's wrong? It's our culture. Is it wrong to call deafness a disability? Is it something I should say? I so I, the biggest word I'll okay. ever say mm -hmm. is hard of hearing. No, 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 don't say hearing impairment. Hearing impairment. Mm -hmm. That's the one. Okay. Oh, the hearing. We, we, there's some terms that kind of like, oh, but we're not mm -hmm. impairment. You know, mm -hmm. we, we're hard of hearing or mm -hmm. we're deaf, but mm -hmm. we're not impairment. Because mm -hmm. if they really look up the different terms, they would see that mm -hmm. hard of hearing impairment is just a, mm -hmm. not a good word. Okay. We don't really like that word. And mm -hmm. then, oh, you know, this person doesn't have a hearing disability. And it's like, it's not their fault that they don't know, you know, because, mm -hmm. but that's why we're trying to do more deaf awareness, more, mm -hmm. you know, hey, not, hey, did you know not all deaf people know how to read lips? Mm -hmm. Not a lot of people. Mm -hmm. oh. it's, it's hard. It's, yeah. it's a difficult thing. <laughs> I, from what I understand, I haven't done it. I, yeah. I, I've tried before, like the bad <laughs> lip reading things, and I'm like, oh, wow, that is challenging. So, and you have to, you have to also kind of, uh, you know, each individual, I'm sure, is very different with how they say their words, and I'm sure a southern accent is different from a northern accent, and all of that. So I can, I'm, I'm just, I'm a creative, so my brain just goes to all these places <laughs> where I'm like, oh, this must be challenging, or that must. Be, but you know, I know it, it. There's so many variables to yeah, it. Yeah, especially with a person with a strong accent. Mm -hmm. You're not. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> what? Um, that and. When someone say, and this is probably the most annoying one, when mm -hmm. someone say, I'm deaf, mm -hmm. you know what the hearing person automatically do? They start yelling at you. Yes! <laughs> Did you miss the part where I said, I am deaf? <laughs> Did you know yelling doesn't work? Oh my goodness. I believe, I believe it. Just from, uh, yeah, just my own ignorance too is like something I'm, I'm very aware of and like what I want to understand because I don't have, mm -hmm. I don't have any thing really different in my family like mental illness runs in my family but not much of anything else mm -hmm. so I just I really want to understand because when you think about these hidden populations that are like I had no idea what a huge deaf dancing community is we're not talking about the deaf community we're talking about the deaf dancing community if that's huge I can't always I can't even imagine how much bigger the deaf community is and how hidden that is from my world because I enjoy privilege in a lot of ways yes. from not having, not needing to experience it. Yes. Like it doesn't but impact my life. Very big. Yeah. And I realized that. And, I was, yeah. uh, and you know, there's different states that have like really big community, like Austin, Texas, mm -hmm. San Francisco, and I think Rochester, Rast I don't know if I'm pronouncing mm -hmm. right, New York, mm -hmm. really big community. Mm -hmm. Like they're a big community. And mm -hmm. I don't want to move, I don't want to leave Arkansas, but I'm <laughs> like, yeah. Might move to Austin, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> Only because I just yeah. want to be a part of my mm -hmm. somewhere where I belong. Yes. You and, know, and yeah. I want to. I've lived so much, lived a long time in the hero world. Now mm -hmm. I want to like, okay, I want to live in this deaf culture. I want to mm -hmm. be able to walk around without my hearing aids and just like forget you. I don't have to hear you. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to read lips. You don't have to worry about that. It's and just... improve in sign language. That's another mm -hmm. way you improve sign language. Mm -hmm. You can learn sign language from, but if you communicate with a deaf person with sign, mm -hmm. it also helps you. So mm -hmm. I know it helps me to improve working at the deaf yeah. school. But my challenges at, at Eula were very challenging because they forget that you're there. Mm -hmm. You know, they forgot that I was there sometime and they were trying to walk, like I said, we lived. Mm -hmm. um, 
they will say stuff the only thing that helped me make it through that was my interpreter I was able to get an interpreter for class oh, that's nice. okay. which was real for them that was real for him for yeah. them because mm-hmm. they have to move back and forth because mm-hmm. no, 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 they gotta go over here mm-hmm. and so they were getting a workout too but mm-hmm. that also helped me but um, I have one professor um, Stephen Stone he was really he probably the only one that was really that knew that I was in the room, mm-hmm. you know, that he made sure that I was right there where he needed to be, and if he needed to come right here, mm-hmm. that was probably the only professor that really made it aware mm-hmm. that I was there, you know, and yeah. he told me, like, before he started dancing, he was really into sign language, and that he was trying to go teach ASL somewhere, but he didn't get the job, but, um, that, you know, and that's great yeah. when someone kind of understands, so he was always... Yeah. Trying to sign. So that makes yeah. you feel good. That's another thing. It makes another that person feel good when I hear a person is even trying to mm-hmm. speak our language. Mm-hmm. Because, ah, they care. You know, like mm-hmm. we stop being, ah, they care. Yeah. But, yeah, this is just, any more questions you got for me? Cause I, I do. Yeah, no, I do. And I'm just going to check in on my, my make sure my, my phone's still recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, I check in to make sure I'm still recording. <laughs> Sometimes it quits on me, yeah. um, but I think yeah, we're good. good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you you grew up in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. You went to college there, and then Katrina hits. So talk me through that a little bit, and why you chose Arkansas? Because I know it was it was utter devastation. It was, it was a disaster. Yeah. Okay. First of all, I was uh, I was married. Mm-hmm. This I'm married. This, I'm I'm married twice, so it's my time. But I was married the first time. And the weirdest thing was, I was actually leaving my wedding, my marriage, the weekend of Hurricane Katrina. While everybody was like leaving out of town, I was mm-hmm. moving out of my apartment. Oh, <laughs> so kind of good timing for a for a hurricane. <laughs> right, right. And so, <laughs> so I was moving. This uh, is 2005, right? 2005, August. Mm-hmm. That doggone August. Mm-hmm. Like I said, my mom, dad died August then Hurricane Katrina. I was like, is there anything else that happened you're in August? In my, August skip, is not my favorite skip month. Skip over the month. <laughs> skip over <it> every year. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but, uh, yeah, I was moving out that weekend. And, um, like I said, my auntie, she raised me. But that was like when I moved out, I was never going back. But I know that I needed to get away from my ex-husband. And so I was like, I didn't have anywhere to go because my baby was 10 weeks old. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any job because I just mm-hmm. had the baby. So you have a, basically a newborn and you have to leave your marriage. I had to leave my marriage, uh, yeah, because mm-hmm. I wasn't going to evacuate with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, okay, I'll go back to my auntie. Just say, hey, where are you? Where are you? Found out she wasn't leaving. Um, my grandmother, who is my adopted dad's mom, and uh, she was, I want to say 90s six or 97 years old mm-hmm. when at time around that time and so my auntie would take care of her oh, wow. um so I went with them and we didn't leave we were still in Louisiana we were still in New Orleans and my other auntie she's a nurse so you know most personnel have to stay behind mm-hmm. so they allowed family to um bring some of their family members to the um hospital where she was at mm-hmm. so we were all there and you know the, we we're so used to hurricanes. You know mm-hmm. normally we sleep through them sometime, and this one came through. Okay, we're still standing and living, but we went to and then we went to look outside. We noticed there was water, and where I in the area where we were living, water had never, ever 
flood in that area ever. Uh, so when we saw water, we're like, oh, something's mm -hmm. wrong. But yeah. then we're like, okay, little water, okay. Mm -hmm. But when we went back an hour later, our cars were under the water. And we, I mean, this is a hill in our car. And then I walked, and we was like, and then we looked straight ahead, we saw Walmart underwater. We was like, something's going on. And, you know, we didn't have TV. We didn't have anything to know what was going on in our outside world because we were trapped in this building. And the water was rising in a hotel, in a hospital. Mm -hmm. Patients were dying. Um, oh, my word. Mm -hmm. And so that was like Monday, right? And so we went all the way to Thursday. Mm -hmm. And that's when our chopper finally came and got it. So... All of us being lifted, I've been lifted in a chapter with my 10-week-old baby. Oh, my word. <laughs> that was creepy. Yeah. But the, the worst experience out of that whole thing, there was a lady who had at least, I want to say six kids, right? Mm -hmm. She was the person there, a nurse, too. Mm -hmm. So I was watching her kids for her while she was working. So she had six kids, and they were all babies. Oh. They were young, and she had, like, a real baby. So mm -hmm. while transferring us into this chopper, her, me, and maybe another family who had like two, three other kids. They had all her kids but two, and they started pulling away. Mm -hmm. They lifted up and left the two youngest one behind. So we were all in the chopper screaming. There's no adults down there with the. Two? There were other families down there, but we didn't know who. Oh, these they, are random they people. They weren't like supposed yes. to. Oh my word. Yes. So oh. we're in the chopper, and she's in the chopper yelling. Go back and get my baby. What do y'all Go back and get her baby. Mm -hmm. Like, those were like the babies. Now, they can't tell you who she, what mommy is and what mommy right. name is. Yeah. They're we were all crying in the top of yelling, please turn around and get this lady babies, man. Yeah. Like, right now, they didn't think about that. So they yeah. turned around and got them. That mm -hmm. was the most worst experience ever for me because I was like, how could they just. Yeah. So we got them, and they, okay. I'm on the top, and I'm looking down out of the window, and I just see all this water. I'm like, man, what is going on here? Mm -hmm. Where am I going? Mm -hmm. I left my family because they mm -hmm. couldn't, you know, I went, I left first because they were doing women and children first. Okay. So I left my family, and I'm like, yeah. they said, well, where are we going? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just see all this water. And then I got scared because I'm like, I'm by myself and my baby, and I'm like, yeah. I ain't got no money. I'm on the phone. I'm, what am I do? Yeah. Um, I finally got, they dropped us off at the airport. Uh, New Orleans uh, airport. Mm -hmm. Got there, and I just walked lost. I was just lost. I was like, I didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if I was going to see my family again. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what to do. So I just cried, of course. Mm -hmm. <laughs> walking with my baby crying, walking mm -hmm. like, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And I tried to find somebody who let me use their phone. Mm -hmm. And of course, I called my ex-husband. Because mm -hmm. I was like, that's the only person I could think of, mm -hmm. you know, and I called him, and he, he was, because he had left. Mm -hmm. um, he was already gone by his mama, and I called mm -hmm. him, he said, well, just get on with bus and try to come to me, as much as I didn't want to. But I was scared, and I was like, great, get mm -hmm. on the bus, fine. But I didn't have to do that. Mm -hmm. Right, because I looked, and then I saw my auntie, one of my aunties, <gasps> okay, we're good, uh, we're good. Oh, <laughs> my word, I was like... <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> Tell you. I was like, okay, we good, we good. So yeah. I my auntie took us to and we all, yeah. we all, all of us that was together, we all back together. Mm -hmm. So we had to spend a night at the airport. Mm -hmm. But the only, and that was another scary moment because you could just see, I had so many women coming up to me asking for breast, uh, for baby food. Oh, uh, because you were nursing? Formula. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't help you. Mm -hmm. I'm breastfeeding. And mm -hmm. which was probably the best thing 
I could have ever done for my child's life mm-hmm. at that point because if I didn't, if I was on formula, I would have been in trouble too. Yeah. So I was kind of grateful that I was breastfeeding my child, and mm-hmm. I mean, so many ladies, you have any problems? Mm-hmm. Breastfeeding? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Couldn't help you. You know, mm-hmm. my baby was crying, and it was, and then we were like yeah. trying to be calm because you had army people walking with their big. Uh, guns and you're on the floor freezing and eating the military food the little cord right yeah it it was crazy oh you've been through so much like it's yes uh, it was crazy yeah and so maybe that Thursday and then I think that Friday they decided okay we found a place to put these people okay that's dinner though they started sending us off Mm -hmm. uh we heard we heard so many different locations we heard Houston Mm -hmm. well we heard Texas and then we heard Atlanta Mm -hmm. So we didn't know where we were going. We just heard those two states. We got um, on a military plane. I'm telling you, everything was scary to me, okay? Cause I, I believe it. As we get on a military plane, there's the um, the old and the sickness and, the, you know, the mm-hmm. sick people and the older people who can't sit up. Yeah. They were laid out on a bed. Mm-hmm. And they were laying on top of each other like this in the middle of the plane and we were sitting on the side so that was kind of creepy yeah because they're all like on stacked up on top of each other and, like and, they're and, yeah like they're so was furniture and, and not people that was creepy oh. i would never forget visions like that you know yeah. that's like the words like and then they're giving out earplugs hey you need earplugs for the airplane because we on that mirror so i don't need them there if i can't yeah. <laughs> yeah. it won't bother me mm-hmm. so we take the and I think that's when I told my auntie. That's when she finally broke out in tears. Because, mm-hmm. you know, she was trying to keep it strong for right. so long. Mm-hmm. I think when I turned and I noticed she just yeah. cried. Like, she mm-hmm. just really hit her. Um, they took her to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. We ended up in Georgia Tech. We were kind of happy because they had two locations. And where we were, there weren't that many people. So we had all these beds. Yeah. And then we had a shower. And I'm like, <sighs> mm-hmm. <laughs> when I tell you, Miss, if you haven't taken a shower in, like, days, and the, and you, you appreciate stuff like that because yeah. that was the best feeling having a shower yeah. and then great so we were in Atlanta mm-hmm. and my godfather who was in the marine and navy I forgot which one the navy but he mm-hmm. came all the way from Virginia mm-hmm. overnight to pick us up all mm-hmm. of us up and mm-hmm. drove us back to Virginia so I was in Virginia mm-hmm. Richmond Virginia with your baby your with the baby yeah. yeah good okay you get up there they weren't helping as much as the South was. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, yeah, we got it, but yeah, we got a little bit of stuff. And if they give you like a place to stay, you only had a month to stay there. So, okay. but if you don't get a job in a month, right? Like you lost everything. You're mm-hmm. trying to build your life back up. Yeah. You're trying to. Um, so they weren't. They were not helping. They were not. And I just. And then my auntie fell into her old ways. Mm treating me like they used to treat me when I used to live with her. And I was like, I can't stay here. Mm-hmm. I have to go. I'm a grown woman and I need to go. So my husband now here, mm-hmm. which is another long, weird story, but mm-hmm. he used to be my boyfriend back in New Orleans before I got married the first time. Oh. <laughs> his mom and him were evacuated here. Okay. So, but me and his mom was working together at, the, uh, at, at a water board in New Orleans. Okay. I called mom, I said, mom, can I come down to Arkansas with y'all? Cause mm-hmm. uh, they're not helping here. And she's like, oh, well they're doing this and they're doing this and we got our own apartment and we, okay, I'm gonna just take this one bus, take whatever little money I had on this card and buy this one way to go home bus to Arkansas. Mm-hmm. 
And that is how I ended up here. And when I came here, I, the next day, the pastor that helped them, helped me, got me an apartment, mm -hmm. furniture, food. Wow. You know, and, yeah. but I'm happy that it happened, although it happened, but I'm happy that it happened. Mm -hmm. Because if it didn't happen, I would not have been a dancer. Yeah. I would not have been who I am now because I, now I have this new model. Everything happened for a reason. Mm -hmm. Like, even though it happened, but it was a reason for that to happen. Yeah. Because now I'm doing what I love and I don't think I would have ever done that if I was in New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> it is crazy how things like that, you know, kind of bring us where we need to be. Yeah. You know, in life. So, what, and what's your husband's name? Dale. Dale, okay. Mm -hmm. So some, something happened, and uh, now he's your husband. Yeah, about three, let's see, 20, uh, 2010, we elected like, 205, so I got divorced in 208, and then mm -hmm. we got married in 2010. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep, yeah. and we'll be celebrating our 10 year on April 10th. Wow, congratulations. That's a big deal. 10, 10 is a good, uh, yeah. good milestone. Yeah, that's what everybody yeah. can say. You hit that 10 mark, yeah. wow! <laughs> <laughs> it's hard, but yeah. yeah it is hard. <laughs> But yeah, he's been very supportive. Uh, mm -hmm. He's been supportive. Uh, mm -hmm. It's been a struggle with me being in school and not really working like I'm supposed to because I'm in a, you know, you're an adult, you have kids, you're married. You're mm -hmm. married. But I need to do this because this is my passion, my yeah. life, my dream. Yeah. <laughs> but now he sees it because at okay. first he was like, dance is just a hobby. Mm. But now he sees now it. Now he understands. Now he understands mm -hmm. it's more than just a hobby. Because mm -hmm. he was the one that used to tell me, you can't, uh, you need to get a real job. Mm, oh, that hurts a little bit, I know. <laughs> like, not everybody can do what they want to do. Yeah. Again, yeah. people like them mm -hmm. make me fight to prove that. Yeah. And now I am dancing, I teach dance, and I teach dance, and I'm, I'm dancing. I will never get old because I'm dancing for the rest of there my life. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and you graduated with your degree? Yes, I graduated from Eula, uh with my degree in dance, uh, December 2018. 2018, and then you started, it's Dancing With Your Eyes. Listening, listening with your eyes. Listening with your eyes. Listening with your eyes, yes. I started that uh, June. Mm -hmm. And it was weird because I used to tell my classmates, ah, oh, man, when I graduate, because at first I went in there with this, I'm going to Broadway and I'm going to go to these dance companies. And, and then when I did, like again, it mm -hmm. took those times and I sit back and go research some things and say, well, they only accept people a certain age. And I'm like, well, I'm already past that age. Mm. What can I do to make myself happy still in there? And I said, like, you know what, I'm, why not just start my own orchestra? Mm -hmm. We really don't have something what I have here. We don't have a, we have ballet orchestra, beautiful, mm -hmm. but we don't have the modern style uh, mm -hmm. techniques and, um, and I want to offer that and we really don't have that. Uh. So a little bit of disruption. <laughs> But uh, we're back. My my phone is being a little funky. But so, w what do you have in store for listening with your eyes, dance troupe? Uh, like I said, for uh, the nonprofit paperwork mm -hmm. is the struggle that I'm dealing with, yeah. and I just need to stop procrastinating mm -hmm. and do it. <laughs> or maybe, but I feel like I also kind of just need to find someone who's really good at it and kind of assist me in it and kind of like guide me on it because. Yeah. I have no clue what I'm doing, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but my biggest thing is getting my own studio, a place for me where I don't have to worry about paying somebody else to use that space, but for me to be able to have my own dance class and my rehearsals and teaching class to kids, but open it up for the community, my deaf community, the hearing community, get them 
start teaching sign language, get more awareness in the deaf world. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, but I have this this um, dance class that I'm trying to see if, if it will be helpful to people because depression and mental illness and anxiety is like a really big thing right now in our community. Mm. I know because I, I made a dance, I also made a, um, a dance piece called Inner Demon. It's about a woman who has a demon and it's a duet and her demon is in the back and she wakes mm -hmm. up and she's like, okay, today, mm -hmm. you know how it is, today it's gonna be a good day, mm -hmm. yes, but that, that, that thought back there, nope, you're not going nowhere. You're like, you, nope, no, you're not. It's that negativity that gets mm -hmm. you. And then it's that she's fighting that inner demon. She's fighting it. But it's not a happy ending. Sometimes mm -hmm. the inner demon wins. And mm -hmm. the inner demon definitely wins and she mm -hmm. ends her life, mm -hmm. you know? Because, mm -hmm. But that's the truth, you know? Mm -hmm. We can't make everything pretty. Yeah. And we need to talk about that more, you know, because it is it is such a big deal. And I think with the rise of social media and everything like that, it's happening more and more with the state of the world where it feels like everything is so volatile. It just, yes. It's going to happen more and more. And we need to talk about it and yeah. we need to build safe communities where people can speak it out. You yes. Know, if, if that's the way you're feeling, speak it out because you're not the only one feeling And some way. people, and people who doesn't experience, mm -hmm. they don't fully understand mm -hmm. that it's really, really a big deal. Yeah. It, it, it's hard. You yeah. don't understand how serious it is. Yes. I do like the comparisons between like a broken leg and a mental illness because when you break a leg you would never ever tell someone well just get over it or just get out of bed they literally cannot right it's the same with mental illness right mm -hmm. and that's another thing I want people to like mm -hmm. it's not that my eight-year-old he's eight mm -hmm. and just been diagnosed with depression mm -hmm. but we you know you never know where it comes from mm -hmm. but and I've been telling him we have to be careful because there are a lot of kids his age even doing it. Mm -hmm. And if we don't pay attention to it now, yep. we'll be too late. So yep. I'm glad he was like listening to me, like, Let, let's go get him mm -hmm. some help. Because a lot of kids out there don't even get help because some parents probably miss it mm -hmm. and not really seeing that, yes. that child. Yes, and it, yeah, and it's, you know, uh, it breaks my heart when like a child is having a hard time and they act out and they get punished for it instead of getting the help that they need. Yeah, because, um, yeah. As I used to work at a children's home with children who's been displaced from uh, from their family because mm -hmm. of the parents doing irresponsible things. But mm -hmm. my connection with kids and understanding how what they're going through and what mm -hmm. they've been through is another reason why I'm so close with kids and mm -hmm. comfortable with kids because you I know what I've it. been through you and the hard struggle mm -hmm. it is to be accepted and mm -hmm. wanted. And I'm like, Yes, they did something wrong. Yes, you confronted it, but you need to figure out why they did that. Mm -hmm. You know, and then they always want to call a bad child a bad child. Mm -hmm. They're not bad. That child is acting out for a reason. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're not getting something at home. Maybe mm -hmm. they're, they just need some. Yeah, and we talked about language and language barriers, mm -hmm. right? Children don't always have the language to explain either. And that's where I think like play therapy and art therapy and dance therapy is so important too because it's providing a language when they don't have the words. Right. So that's all so important. Language is so important. Communication is so important. And so important. People are telling us things all the time, but do we know how to listen right. with what we see? Listening with our eyes, right? That's all. Listen so with important. your eyes because if you listen with your eyes, you would fully understand. And mm -hmm. that's the whole point of the, uh, the company because when we're dancing on the stage, you're not listening to words. Yeah, you might hear some talking, but you're actually watching me and my dancers dance. Mm -hmm. You're trying to figure out what are we trying to tell you with mm -hmm. our body. Mm 
Mm-hmm. We're telling you the story with our body. So you can't mm-hmm. hear it. Yeah. You might hear the show, but you're mm-hmm. listening. You're like There's engaged with your yeah. eyes, trying to see. No words, right? Right. There's no words. You don't right. need them. We might sign, and you don't understand that. Mm-hmm. So my interpreter would sign that for you to mm-hmm. say what we're saying so you mm-hmm. can understand. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that's another thing. Cause, and I, when I made that, when I came up with that title, I wanted to fit me and fit what it really, really, truly means mm-hmm. to what I was trying to perceive to the mm-hmm. world because so, yeah. yeah so All my right. t- my company we were trying to go to we were asked to bring my company back to the deck that's mm-hmm. about this year so yeah. i get to bring my hearing dancers mm-hmm. to the deck world with me mm-hmm. and they get to experience that so mm-hmm. right now we're gonna need to raise money for flight because they normally take care of the other stuff but mm-hmm. it's normally the flight thing that we need to take care of mm-hmm. Do you have like a GoFundMe or? I do have like, a GoFundMe. Okay. So I'll cl- I'll include that in links and information with the articles too, if people want to donate, you know, yeah. for the podcast or YouTube video or the article. So we'll have that in there. Awesome. Um, and you did a wonderful job sharing Thank your you. story. I didn't even have to ask you, ask you really. No, too many I, I questions. love telling my story. Because yeah. I just like telling my story because I I just like telling my story because yeah. it needs to be heard. You know. And it is a, a beautiful example of triumph. At, along with some really difficult hardships. You kept fighting and you kept going, yeah. even with the struggles. And, and people need to hear that, no matter yeah. who they are, where they are. It's, there's I live to inspire, and I tell, yeah. I, that's my one of my, I live to inspire. Yeah. I live to inspire because we don't have a lot of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we spend a lot of time following, um, even though social media is a thing, but we follow social media mm-hmm. so much that we think that's what our life is supposed to look like. But our journeys are our own, our lives are our own, and we just have to embrace it. We can't force. Right, we can't else. look like the girl on Instagram. We can't no. be that person. You know, we we just, can't it's be. too much work. And I <laughs> have finally like accepted that I am okay uh, with being unique. I am yeah. okay with being different. Mm-hmm. I am okay with all of it because the world would be boring if we were all the same. Exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, anything else you wanted to add? Where can we find no, you? No, I think we all got it. I think yeah. We, yeah. So, listening with your eyes, dance true. Listening with your eyes, dance true. Are you, you have a website? I have a website, brandymims.com. Okay. Perfect. And then uh, Facebook? Uh, you could look under Brandy Mim, but okay. you could look up listening with your eyes, dance true, too, because mm-hmm. I have a page for that. And Unique Deaf Dancer has a page, too. So okay. Have three pages. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. And then before we sign off completely, do you mm-hmm. have any advice for someone who maybe went through something similar that you did, where they had a really difficult childhood and they've been fighting to find their place in the world? What would you say to that person? Uh, first off, I would say um, find someone they really, really, truly trust mm-hmm. to talk to because we spend a lot of time keeping a lot of stuff in. Mm-hmm. when that's what makes us feel trapped and mm-hmm. lost because we don't know how to get it out. Um, also, find something that they enjoy that will help them express who they are and not trying to, uh, it don't have to be dancing. It could mm-hmm. be art. It mm-hmm. could be writing. It mm-hmm. could be anything that will help them to be able to express who they are, mm-hmm. you know, because we all have different tastes and feelings. Maybe cooking is a thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe they help you to express who you are. Oh, mm-hmm. I love it. It gets that, you know, you get that fire and you just want to keep going and just mm-hmm. find something that you love. That. Mm-hmm will make you feel like, oh, I can wake up and do this every day, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I might have to go to my nine to five, but then I'm looking forward to doing some cooking and drawing or whatever, but, mm-hmm. and just try, just know that life is short and everything happens for a reason. Sit back and reflect on your life and think about 
where you want to be in the future. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to stay where you are? Or you want to move ahead. Um, where do you want to be? Because mm -hmm. right now it's not important. What yeah. happens in the future is more important. Mm. That's really oh, I sound so good when I talk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Own it. All right. So I'm gonna do our, my little sign off. I'm yes. gonna thank Diane and thank my uh, my musician. But while I'm doing that, think about one more piece of advice, and I'm gonna ask you about um, some if. Advice for someone who wants to do like a creative nonprofit, like what you've done, what advice you would give to them. Okay. So, Why well, think about that? Mm -hmm. This has been Sustaining Craft with Elizabeth Silverstein, my special guest today, Brandy Mims of Listening With Your Eyes Dance Troupe. She is the unique deaf dancer. I wanted to thank the people that have made this possible. That includes Jim Chiago, who did the music. He is on iTunes and Spotify as Seven Second Chance or Playing Around Denver as Nomad Neighbors. Also, Diane Harper, um, who has previously been on this podcast, she generously uh, provided her studio to record, and this has been wonderful as well. And Brandy, what advice would you give to someone who's looking to start a creative nonprofit? Okay, that is very easy. You just start doing the simplest thing um, because creative is whatever popped up here. You just do it. Uh, like I tell my kids, you take the simple thing like playing a video game or playing basketball or volleyball. Take that. Now let's add some movement to it. Mm. You're not dance movement. Let's add walking. Let's add running. Let's add skipping. And if you keep adding small, small movements, and then you dip back, record yourself. Say, uh, someone's on the phone, right? Let's pretend I have a phone. I'm not going to have a phone. But say I'm on the phone. We normally phone, or we phone, or we phone, right? Mm. But then I want to go like this. Adding some movement to it. I'm still on my phone, but mm -hmm. I'm even hmm. mm -hmm. you know, it just add simple things and mm -hmm. one it's just how can I make this how can I do this differently? How can I move mm -hmm. this differently? Like how big can I do it? How small can I do it? Move it around. Yes. Yeah. Is it is it fast? Is it slow? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And what does that do when you when you add movement to something? How does that impact it? That's me telling a story that's <laughs> I don't know it's like I don't know improv it's so improv it's mm -hmm. so freestyle mm -hmm. made up and I do that a lot when I go to perform somewhere mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like okay just put this music on I've never heard it before but that's when you improv you just allow your body to do the communication you don't think about it you just mm -hmm. do it mm -hmm. don't don't think. Because when I hear music, and a lot of people think I've heard it before, I'm like, and after I'm done, I'm like, I had no clue what I was dancing to. I just, that was my first time hearing that music. <laughs> and they're like, what? But connect, connect, connect whatever. Connect with the music. Mm -hmm. That's what helped me. And we forgot to add, how do I listen to music when I'm there? Huh. How did we do that, Brandy? I wasn't going to ask the obvious question. You can ask Brandy. that question. <laughs> How do we do that, Brandy? How do I do that? Um, I have to feel the vibration. I can hear it a little bit with my hearing aids, yes. But it has not saying it has to be like blasted loud, but it has to be loud enough for me to be able to like really feel it. To feel it where I can feel, okay, if, the, if it's hard or if it's soft or if it's... I need to feel that. If I don't feel it, I'm like, ah, I'm lost. I don't know where I'm going. I feel very mm -hmm. <laughs> confused.
crazy. Yeah, so that's how I listen to music. <laughs> Feeling the beat. And I have Bluetooth hearing aids, so music is always in my ears when I'm not talking to people. Or if I'm, I'm always listening to music, and it's right here in my hearing aid, so it's, the vibration is right there. I have a love for music, and music helped me with my dancing, and it helped me to express myself. It's free. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate this. Thank you.